Hello everyone. My name is Stephen Hoffman and I am a proud Luritja and Warra man who was born and raised on Larrakia country. I have strong ties to the Larrakia land and the Larrakia people. On behalf of the Back Row podcast, I want to acknowledge the true custodians of the land in which this podcast has been recorded on both the Rawadiri country in Nam and the Larrakia country in Garamilla. And I would like to pay my respects to both elders past, present and emerging, for they hold the memories, knowledge and traditions of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Back Row, the podcast for Australia's youth where we explore education beyond the classroom and dive into the life lessons that matter most. As always, you are joined by teachers and facilitators Amanda and Skye and we are here for Australia's youth. Here at The Back Row, we believe that education goes far beyond the four walls of a classroom and that every young person deserves the chance to reach their full potential. Each week, we'll bring you stories to help navigate the challenges of growing up and to make the most of your unique skills and abilities. This week, we'll be talking about all things embracing your greatness, and we have a very special guest to help us unpack this. Yes, we were very, very lucky, lucky enough to sit down with the incredible Will Massara, who was a 20-year-old CEO and the founder of Youth Leadership Academy Australia, which you might hear to referred to as Wyla throughout the episode. So don't worry, you haven't misheard. It's just short for Youth Leadership Academy Australia. Wyla is currently touring around Australia on a national youth leadership conference tour and is bringing young people together in all capital cities to embrace and expand their leadership. What you're about to hear is that chat with Will. So wherever you're listening, this is The Back Row. One, two, So Sky, we have a special guest joining us this week. We sure do. And we are so lucky to have him. He is a mover and shaker in the space of all things youth and youth empowerment. And he is someone who completely embodies tapping into his greatness and embracing it. Will Masara, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey team, pumped to be here. So Will, let's dive right in. So for our listeners who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you are embracing the greatness that lives inside you? You know, just starting with a small question. (laughs) Absolutely. I believe it's best to start where we are today, which is midway through a national tour of 9,000 young people from nearly 700 schools around Australia. But this this journey of entrepreneurship, this journey of leadership, this journey of creating change really began as a very young person, understanding and learning that to be able to create a difference, we need to be able to solve a problem. And that has always been my definition of leadership. And I think ever since when I was 11, when I started my first business, through to when I was 15 to starting YLA, there was so many great lessons that I've learned and been able to embody, including the ability to own my story, which has been the greatest asset and knowing and understanding that even when things go against me, even when people disagree or or there's different opinions, owning that story and, and being real true to who I am and leading authentically as a person, leading myself and leading my team. 
Mm, thank you so much. I love that. So, so many things in there, so many gems. How would you say you touched on, you know, there's been challenges and owning your story has really supported you in overcoming some of those challenges along this journey. What would you say has been one of the biggest challenges you've faced and how have you used owning your story and standing in your greatness to overcome it? I think one of the biggest limiting factors for young people right now is the belief that their age determines their ability to do cool things or determines their ability to achieve greatness. And through owning my story and understanding that we can create change, I've been able to do so much, but continuously showing up with courage and actually saying yes to activities and saying yes to opportunities and saying yes to stepping into studios like today has given me the, the opportunity to actually step over that fear of age mattering, age determining my ability and really getting rid of that limiting factor, that limiting belief. Mm. So, Will, I know you, you talk about age not being a limiting factor, and I love that because for our listeners, like so many of them might think that that's a really big barrier in their life, that their age might stop them from, you know, stepping out of their comfort zone or just giving something a go. And for those that, you know, haven't maybe heard your story, like you're only 20 years old and you are the CEO, like you're a CEO and you're 20. Like, how is that possible? And I know that your journey started like far younger than right now. Can you kind of work us through like how old were you when you first kind of got got this vision and what were the steps like how did you get to where you are now yeah I was very lucky I don't think well maybe I was very grateful to have started my entrepreneurial journey very young at 11 starting my first business which I would consider my apprenticeship to entrepreneurship and my apprenticeship to creating change I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm interrupting you 11 years old like Amanda are you hearing this this is wild (laughs) it's amazing age really doesn't determine 11 Mm. years old age does determine your ability to get a license though I should clarify you You did it all without driving (laughs) (laughs) so 11 years old talk us through this first venture this first venture I was um sitting at home one day and we were about to go on a holiday everyone loves holidays and my mum woke me up for a airport run and we were about to go to the airport about 12 hours before the flight. Um, and everyone knows that everyone's a stressful airport mum. Everyone has a stressful airport mum. And I was like, mum, why are you waking me up so early? And the important part of that story is her name is uh, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat there and seen a problem and wanted to create a solution. So I created Planopedia, the Wikipedia of planes. And so this is where it started out, 11 years old, your first business, Planopedia, to solve the problem of airport stress, which we all know and have seen. (laughs) So how did that journey prepare you for the journey you're currently on? And tell us a little more about the unfoldment of Youth Leadership Academy Australia. I have no idea how to run a business. And I think Planopedia gave me the basic skills and understanding of like partnerships, being able to network and the, and the importance of having good relationships and good people around you to be able to support you. So when I was 15, standing on a runway at an airline event, feeling really frustrated that not all my peers and not all my friends or not all my family knew that their age didn't matter. They didn't know or understand that they could do cool things as well. There was a real fire inside of me to be able to, again, see that problem and create a solution. It sounds like that fire might be your greatness. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? We're talking about embracing your greatness. It was the start of a fire. It was the start of a fire. And obviously now that we, we are on a much bigger journey and that's because there's been so many logs being put on that fire and that includes surrounding myself with people like Amanda and Sky, and surrounding mm-hmm. myself with people who 
can lay logs onto the fire. Mm, I love that. And I think what's so cool and what you've mentioned there is that it's not like while this journey and this fire was within you, you had to rely on and lean on other people and, and build a team of support around you as well. And I just think that while we can have greatness inside of us, I think, and I'm not, I don't know, Will, you can speak to this if you want to, but when other people also begin to see that and you can share it with them, do you feel like that also drives you forward? Absolutely. Like we understand that as a part of the fire, it's not only the team that make the business or the organizational change move forward, it's also the followers in that in that fire as well that allow us to feel motivated, that allow us to feel inspired to keep moving forward from the stories that we hear. Mm. Love that. So your fuel is, yes, other people adding logs and and kind of seeing something that needs to take place. And you've obviously got a massive drive inside of you and a really big ambition to see change happen. So what is it that motivates you? Because like you started Wyla like way back when you couldn't even officially register it when you started because you weren't even the right, like you weren't old enough yet. So what was it that motivated you? Like what was the thing that you saw and you were like, yes, that's what I've got to do? I think it came after our first event because it was never the intention to start a business. It was never the intention to make a business of Huala, but it was to simply bring an event to Perth where young people could be ambitious with no limitations, understand that there's absolutely no barrier for them to be able to achieve greatness. And we had 65 students from four schools, and that came off the back of during recess and lunch in year 11, during ATAR, literally cold calling schools with a high-pitched 15-year-old voice, <laughs> asking them to come to our event. And leaving that event, we had like 92% of students feeling more prepared for the future, which really sparked a whole nother fire almost in mm. what we're doing matters and we need to do more of it. And, we, and it was the next stage was how are we going to do more of it? So, Will, you speak about like just as a 15-year-old picking up the phone and making a call. Like, was that hard to do? Was there like any part of you that, you know, either feared failure or you were worried that of the response that you would get on the other line? I had a real good practice run of flexing the rejection muscle from a very young age. I used to stand at front of the um, Qantas lounge and ask people to let me in as a like 16 or 14 year old even. Um, and the amount of times I got rejected really prepared me for a lot of rejection is what I think. So, so when I, <laughs> did you ever get let in? Did anyone ever take you into the Qantas lounge? Yes, I did. I did. I did quite a lot actually. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's such a hot tip. I'm going to try that next time I'm at the airport. Although I don't know if I'll get away with it as much as like a 15 year old would. <laughs> yeah. You'd pick your people pretty wisely. <laughs> But that, that that rejection prepared me for literally making a list of 70 schools and going through them week by week, day by day. And yes, getting so many rejections. But now we've done it so many times and we know the fundamentals to be able to reach out to schools. We know how to speak to schools. We know how to work with schools to be able to make it co-beneficial for not only the students in the room, but also the educators in the room and the schools when they leave the room mm. as well and they leave our programs. Mm. So it's sounding like... Not only being willing to be rejected and make mistakes, but taking action is what fueled your greatness. You know, you said that hosting that first event and realizing through taking that action, the impact you could have is what really fueled your greatness. So we would love to know for our listeners, what advice would you give them if they are maybe standing on the precipice of an idea or a chance or an opportunity for a change or an, uh, you know, something like that what would you say to them to inspire them to take that action because it sounds like discovering your greatness is almost something that happened in motion 
there was definitely two steps that led me to host that first event or even register while uh, as a business or sole trader because I was yeah not legally allowed to make make a company. <laughs> um, the first one was I read a quote by Karen Lamb. A year from now, you wish you started today. And I read that quote and literally sent a message to a great friend of mine. And from that moment, I had accountability. And accountability has been the thing that moved me forward because now that I've shared it with someone, I feel like I have to. And I, and I was passionate, but now there was someone checking in. There was someone share, sharing that sort of idea with me. And I definitely think for anyone wanting to create change or wanting to see something different, what we know is that, that, yes, that fire started with one, but there's been so many logs to that fire, so it's about finding the correct, the right type of wood. We're going we're gonna to go with this bonfire metaphor. I love it. The bonfire metaphor is working for me. I'm actually feeling toasty just listening to it, just imagining the crackling of the fire, you know? Oh, my gosh, stop. <laughs> I, need some, I need some marshmallows, to be honest. <laughs> so you've kind of you've touched on this idea of obviously finding the right wood. <laughs> so let's roll with it because we're talking about bonfires. Um, finding the right wood. And that wood could come in the form of having accountability with a friend or finding a quote that might inspire you. I guess your wood can take on many different forms. I'm wondering, because obviously there's no doubt about it, Will, you are great and you share your greatness so generously with people around you. And I, for one, have been lucky enough to sit in a room um, and to see that impact in real life that you're having on young people. And it's just it's just mind blowing. I'm wondering for you personally, has there been a moment in your life where you have like felt your greatness making a difference? Like, is there like a standout moment that you're like, wow, I'm in it. This is, this is it right now. I think I could share a story of a young person who literally DM'd us after an event the other week and said, this is the first time I felt excited for life after attending the event. Wow. And we sat there as a team and we were like, what we're doing matters and what we do, what we're doing needs to be done more. And that's what we're sort of on the mission to do now is like, how can we spread it wider? How can we make it more accessible financially, geographically for all young people around Australia, not just those privileged enough to be able to attend? So true. You know, some of our listeners may know I'm incredibly lucky to be touring with Will right now, facilitating and receiving that DM was so impactful. I cried myself. Um, And so I guess it goes to show that when you are pursuing your greatness, when you are pursuing those moments that light you up, you just don't know the difference you can make. You just don't know the impact you can have or how much it could mean to others or how much it could mean even to yourself when you reflect upon it. So, you know, there might be some listeners out there, Will, that are potentially sitting with an idea or sitting with an opportunity and they're not sure, you know, maybe they're struggling with motivation or maybe they're not sure where to start or maybe they've just been rejected and they're not sure how to pick themselves up again. So what would you say in terms of moving through those challenges to step into the next phase? Because that next phase can be life changing, not only for yourself, but for so many others around you. We had, there's been so many challenges and so many ups and so many downs and and it really has built while into what it is now because of them challenges as well. Um, I definitely think one of our hardest times was obviously during COVID. We are primarily where we were, primarily an events industry business. And I remember sitting down with the team in early 2021 and saying, no matter what the cost, we'll host all of these events 
We had 10 planned around the country, and we hosted all of them events, and I'm pretty sure we're the only group of people to have travelled into every state. But I spent nearly six months navigating border closures, lockdowns, all of the all of the juice, watching almost five press conferences a day just to be able to host the events. And we left the events more financially in pain than I've ever been before as an 18-year-old, in debt, unsure, and for so long, ever since I was 11, I was plus or my identity was as the, this entrepreneur, entrepreneur so my worth was completely pinned against the worth of the business and when the business was failing I felt like I was failing when the business was doing bad I felt like I was doing bad and to be able to move forward and through this and, there, and I had so many conversations firstly there were so many conversations I had with so many important people who have been out of the fire um, to be able to move through this and also I did what was necessary to change my state and that did look like moving across the country to be able to feel energised and excited again. And then over the next 12 months we again had nothing go to plan with COVID and flooding and one thing and another and we were in three times the amount of debt 12 months later and again I felt myself in that same spot. And it really looked like talking to the team, seeing the results that we had achieved which were some of the most life-changing results we've seen in 2022 and saying... We never intended to start a business going back to 2018 when I didn't want to start a business. We just legally had to accept money somehow. We never wanted to profit off young people. How can we How can we move forward, which led to the decision to move to a social enterprise? There's so much to unpack there, and I know we've got a few questions out of that beautiful share. Can you just share about moving to a social enterprise and your mission moving forward? I had the question of how we can create more impact. How can we double the impact? And we essentially obviously operate as a social enterprise currently through a community-based model. And now we're adding a double impact, which means Mm. 100% of profits from our events, from our programs, from our consulting and all our work will fund youth suicide prevention. Mm. Because whilst we see ourselves as early intervention, we want to fund professionals in prevention. And really that the step that suicide is the number one killer of young people is just not that's not it's not happening it's not good and again seeing that problem and wanting to create a solution that's incredible and I think you know for our listeners if they're interested in learning more about like social enterprise and what all of those kind of things mean absolutely dm us and we're more than happy to open up that chat and the mission moving forward is just huge like to have that impact and have that goal within Australia and for our young people I don't know if there's a more important mission and I just think that's amazing Will, you touched on before, you were talking a lot about how you overcame these hurdles, whether it was COVID or border closures or even for yourself, like finding that motivation or going somewhere where you felt like you had more energy. And I know that you've moved recently to do that. What does that look like for you? Because we've spoken over the last few weeks of episodes about self-care and adopting a growth mindset and a few kind of things like this. But What does that look like for you? What does looking after Will look like for you? Because you can't nurture your greatness and you can't keep giving if you're not looking after yourself. So would you mind sharing what that looks like for you? I think the biggest thing for me, and we like, I'd like to acknowledge also, like there's been very little financial gain for me from working Wyla for five years. And that for me has been totally fine because what I get back from Wyla is flexibility mm. and flexibility and independence are my number one and, and adventure all combined are my number one values and my core values. So when I've spent literally 580 days over the last two years traveling and living out of a backpack, spending almost five months in Asia, that for me recharges everything inside of me as well as being able to focus on health, 
whether it be mental health or physical health, to be able to not only serve myself, but serve our community as well. And I made this a real big commitment this year. Incredible. So you talk about you changed your environment and that re-energized you it made you excited again for our listeners who can't necessarily make those moves like moving across the country or going overseas do you have any tips or tricks for them on how they can shift their environment and their state so that they can experience that feeling re-energized and realigned with their goals a teacher once said, said to me once I shared this story it was like well our students can't really just move out of home and I was like fair enough you have a valid point Um, and it doesn't need to look like moving out of home doesn't need to look like moving across the country or traveling what it can look like is simply working with a better space I'm sure you both work with a better space so cleaning up that space tidying up your room and all of these little things that just make it easier to be able to move forward there's less there's less barriers Mm. and I also think there's also an element of changing who you surround yourself with there's that quote you're the you're the average of the five people you hang out with so if you want to be a change maker hang out with change makers if you want to be a runner hang out with runners I love that um I'm hanging out with you because I want to be more of a legend so (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're doing Um, That's me too. This is honestly, it's just been so great, Will, to hear your words of wisdom and to hear part of your journey. Um, And I've no doubt that you're like you as a person, but also Wyla will continue to just have a profound impact on Australia and on Australia's youth. And we're very lucky to have you here. I'm just wondering, because I know we're short on time. We do have to wrap it up soon. I know that you are a really big fan of I mean, you've, you've mentioned a couple of quotes already, but if our listeners were going to put like something that you could say on a wall <laughs> to inspire them, what would be like a parting message or something that you could give our listeners, a little nugget of gold? The greatest fundamental lesson I've ever learned through my life, through every up, through every down and through moving forward is my age does not determine my ability to achieve extraordinary things. So I challenge the listeners to understand and recognize that your age does not determine your ability to achieve extraordinary things. Mm, And can I ask one last follow-up question, which would be how would you define to our listeners embracing your greatness? Embracing my greatness has been a challenge that I have faced. Not even a challenge, but one of the greatest learnings and lessons that I've been able to embrace. And it's about not hiding a part of yourself or or become someone you're not to be more liked by others. It's about standing up for what you believe in. And it's about moving forward even when there's critics and even when there's haters, but you truly believe that these differences that you have are your superpower. And you use that superpower for good. Because the reality is everybody makes a difference in the world. It's just a choice of whether you make a good one or a bad one. Thank you so much for joining us, Will. We cannot wait to get this episode out and into our listeners' ears. Thank you, Will. It's been an absolute honour. One, two, three, four. Wow, what an inspiring human and what a great conversation. Honestly, I think I want to be Will when I grow up. Same. He is so incredible and it's amazing to hear a bit more about his journey. So, Sky, what was your biggest takeaway from what we chatted about with Will? I think my biggest takeaway, honestly, that parting message that your age doesn't determine what you can achieve. And like, really, I wish that I'd known that when I was younger and that I'd heard that message because I don't know if I would have waited until this late in life to start a podcast and try and be having an impact in the way that we are now. 
Um, and I'm just so inspired by him. And so I really hope that, you know, our listeners can, can take on that message, kind of own it and see where in their lives they can start doing incredible things as well. I love that. And I agree. And also my other biggest takeaway was that our differences are our superpower, that changing who we are to fit in is not the superpower. It's standing in who we truly are. That is the essence of our greatness. It's so good. Honestly, I'm so excited to get this episode out. Can't wait. But Amanda, I do think that just about wraps us up for the week. We hope you got something out of this chat with Will and we will see you all next week. Embrace your greatness. Yes, do it. Bye. Bye.